Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. Thank you for joining us. You are listening to a ministry of Crossview Church with Pastor Kevin Hardcastle. Bibles today. We're going to be looking at Mark chapter 10 in just a few minutes, uh, and uh, we'll get we'll get turning there in just a few minutes. We want to say welcome to every one of you. Thank you so much for joining us in person, as well as those online. We're so honored that you have chosen to worship with us. Uh, it's great to have you here. We are uh, coming to the close of a series called "Can You See Him," and it's all about discovering the. The wonderful places, the places in our life where maybe we missed him or we haven't seen God, but Christ was right there. And maybe there were things in our lives that maybe blinded us from what the reality was. And then God brings about the reality later on and we can see what's happening. So here's what we've learned so far. Just a quick recap. The very first week was week one, and it was all about uh, the Resurrection Sunday. We know that Jesus died upon the cross three days later, put the tomb, he rose again, and uh, came back to life. And the very first Easter Sunday, there were two disciples of Jesus, followers of Jesus, that were discouraged, that were, that were downhearted, that were struggling in their faith because everything they put all their life into, everything that had gone on, was shattered. All the hope was shattered that morning. Because the day that he was supposed to come back to life, in their opinion, it did not happen. And so they were discouraged, and they were feeling down, and they were walking along, and then all of a sudden, this other stranger comes up and starts talking with them and asks them what went on, what happened. And uh, they kind of talked with him, and they told him all the things that had taken place. And this stranger, further in the story, reveals it was actually Jesus Christ himself walking with them and walking with them along their path. And I encourage you that in life, sometimes our circumstance are so challenging, we can't see what God is doing until we look back. And then when we look back in the rearview mirror, we see Christ and we see what he did, even though we didn't know he was doing anything. And sometimes in life, that's how Jesus works. We can't see him, but he's working in the background. And uh, he reveals it to us further as we go in life. In our second week, we talked about this man named Saul. Saul was, a, uh, was in the New Testament, and Saul was uh, a really bad dude. He, was, he hated Christians or people who were called the, of the way. He actually had authority to, to arrest them. In some circumstances, he could even have them stoned because they were walking away from the Jewish faith, or they, so they thought, and they were following a false religion. And so they, he had this authority to be able to take their life if so needed. And so Saul was going around and killing Christians everywhere. So one day, as he's on his, road, on his way to a city called Damascus, he is blinded by this light, and this voice says, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he was like, who is this, Lord? He said, Jesus, the one you are persecuting. Why are you doing this? He was immediately blinded by this light, and the story goes on to say that as he went through the next couple of days, uh, he met a man that prayed over him, his, his sight came back. 
And he was able to see, but more importantly, it wasn't about seeing physically, it was about seeing spiritually. God revealed to Saul what he was going to do for the kingdom of God, for Jesus Christ, and his name was changed from Saul to who we know as Paul, who wrote the majority of our New Testament and built many churches and did many great things, uh, to all because this amazing encounter he had with God. Last week, we learned about a physical blind man that was born blind, and he was, uh, one day as Jesus walked along, the people asked Jesus, hey, Jesus, is this guy blind because of his sin or his parents' sin? Because in that culture, they believed that sin caused sickness, much like we do in our world today. If you get sick with something or if you're struggling with something, well, you must have done something stupid or you sinned in some way. We do the same pseudo-spiritual religious thing, and it's not at all true. And that Jesus said that. Jesus said, no, no, none of this happened for that. It happened for the glory of God. And he heals him of his sight, spits on the ground, rubs him on his eyes, and, and he's healed, okay? And uh, I, I encourage you with this last week. I said, God comes so far. He'll meet us so far. He'll meet us at a place. He makes the first move in our lives. And then he asks us to make the second move. And so many times in life, people don't understand that God's already made the move. Here's how he made the move. For God so loved the world that what did he do? He gave his only son. He gave Jesus Christ. And this says, another scripture says, that while we were yet sinners, Jesus died upon the cross. He made the first move. Now it's our turn to step up and make the second move. Today I want to look at a scripture, Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10. Uh, before we get into it today, I want to show of hands, all of you participate with me. How many of you guys, just let me tell the question first, and you can put your hands up. How many of you guys ever faced difficult circumstances in life? How many of you guys ever faced hardships, heartbreak, uh, relational challenges, hands going up? Go ahead. Are you ready? Uh, financial challenges, job challenges, people challenges, families. Anybody? Just keep them up for a second. Let me see. If no hands are up, we want to ask them their secret. Oh, it looks like they're probably. All right, good. Good, good, good. We're all up good. Uh, we're all in good company today. Uh, today I want to talk about, I want to ask you the question, can we see Jesus in difficult times? Because so many times, when difficult times come our way, we don't. We don't see Jesus at all. And, and the, the challenges that we're going to look at today are from a man named Bartimaeus. Everybody say Bartimaeus. Bartimaeus. Bartimaeus will teach us some valuable lessons today about when difficult times come, how do we respond to those difficult times? How are we going to live out the difficult times in our life? And some of you today would be just very honest and, 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 and very real to say, I'm facing probably the hardest, most difficult season in my life. Some of you it's with, some of you it's with your, your spouse, some of you it's with your kids, others of you it's at your job, some of you it's just the pandemic itself is just taking its toll on you emotionally and, 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 and physically and just mentally, you're just drained. Uh, just being very real, we're all at a place today that I think all of us can attest to. We're struggling with something. There's difficulties all around us. And today, through this story, I pray that you will leave her today being able to understand, okay, I'm in difficult times. I acknowledge that. But there are some things that God's calling me to do even through difficult times. And what are those things? And that's what we're going to learn about today. What are the things that we are to do when we face difficult times in our life? Let's read the story today in Mark chapter 11, verse 46. It says, uh, then they came to Jericho as Jesus and his disciples together with a large crowd. 
uh, were leaving the city, a blind man, Bartimaeus, this is the son of Timaeus, uh, who was sitting on the roadside begging. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth that was coming his way, he began to what? He began to shout, Jesus, son of David, what? Say it with me. Have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. Um, many rebuked him. The crowds rebuked him. Many rebuked him and told him, be quiet. But what did he do? He shouted what? All the more, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped, got the Savior's attention. He calls him, so they called the blind man and say, Cheer up on your feet. He's calling you. And the blind man, throwing his cloak aside, what did he do? He jumped to his feet and he came up to Jesus. What do you want for me to do for you? Jesus asked. He said, The blind man said, Rabbi. I want to see. And Jesus simply said, go. Your faith has made you, has healed you. And immediately he received his sight. And what did he do? Say this with me. And he followed Jesus along the road. Father, help us today to learn some incredible lessons from this blind man Bartimaeus. God, not just what we are to do, but God... What happens when we do our part and we see you move and then how we respond with our life? God, I pray that you're speaking to us today in Jesus' name. Amen. So in this story, I would say that this man was facing some difficult circumstances. Would you not agree, Bartimaeus? He's blind. I mean, there's just strike one. He's blind. Not a good thing to begin the story with. Secondly, he's a beggar, so he's poor. He has no money. He probably has that. And thirdly, he's probably homeless. He probably has no place to go. He's been at the same place probably for years and generations begging for money because he doesn't have any way to make money on his own. So this man is at definite difficult circumstances, facing lots of tragedy and lots of trials in his life. And as I said already, many of you today, you're at the same place. Some of you are struggling financially, especially in our world today with the pandemic and what we are encountering, what we're coming through, what I pray we're continuing to find healing over and we're continuing to work through by, by faith in God. But the fact is there are still many people in this world that are struggling financially. Many jobs have been lost through the pandemic. Many homes have been repossessed and foreclosed. Many cars have been lost through the time. Many kids through the pandemic are facing emotional and, and, and mental struggles because of all the changes that happened in their world and they don't understand. Some of you here today, you're facing physical sickness. Others of you, depression and sadness uh, hurting from deep within you. The fact is, all of us have something difficult we're all facing. But what can we learn from Bartimaeus, even in the middle of his difficulties, in the middle of his handicap, in the middle of the thing that he could use as an excuse to hold him back, what did blind man Bartimaeus do? And here's the five lessons I want to give to you from this story today. Number one, don't wait for perfect conditions. Turn to your neighbor and say, don't wait. Don't wait. Don't wait, don't wait for perfect conditions. My grandfather would say, don't wait for perfect 
He always said that. That means that Don't wait for perfect conditions uh, because they're never going to happen. Here's what happens. He came to Jericho. They came to Jericho. Jesus and his disciples were together. The large crowd were all around him. Now, let me just explain to you what a large crowd means in this context. If you read the story of Jesus, when he read, he fed the 5,000. Uh, when he fed the 5,000, it said he fed these 5,000. They went home hungry and satisfied. But it wasn't 5,000. It was more like 10 to 12,000 because in biblical times, they only counted men. They didn't count women and children when they went through number counting. So imagine 10,000, 12,000 people uh, that Jesus fed that day. That's a large crowd, all right? This is a large crowd we're talking about here. So anywhere Jesus went, there was a large crowd. And here's this large crowd all around Jesus. And here's this blind man that recognizes that Jesus is coming. He heard the stories. He heard the, he heard the rumors. And he began to get excited because he thought maybe something powerful might come to pass. He didn't let the imperfect situations. They didn't have a PA system. They didn't have a megaphone. He didn't have a megaphone. Uh, he didn't have my loud voice, I don't think. He's probably wider than me. Uh, he, he was probably not, not that, he probably a feeble man because he's a beggar, he's blind man. He probably didn't have a whole lot to bring, but he knew something was happening. He heard the crowds. He heard them. He couldn't see them because he was blind, of course, but he heard them. And because he had this faith inside of him, he began to have something stir inside of him that there might be something powerful about to take place. Not a perfect situation, not a perfect condition, but nonetheless a condition that sets up a possible miracle going to take place. So number one, when you're facing difficulties, know this, there's no such thing as perfect conditions. Don't, don't say it today. Hey, you know what? My life is pretty messed up. I don't want, I can't really come to God. I can't really surrender my life to Jesus because I gotta get my life straight and then I'll come to Jesus. Do you realize you're in the perfect condition to come to Jesus when you're a wreck, right? When you're a mess. That's when you come to Jesus. That's whenever he takes the broken pieces of your life and he begins to heal, he begins to put back together. Uh, you keep praying, you keep trusting. Don't wait for perfect conditions. Second thought I have for you is this. Concentrate on what you have, not on what you don't have. Don't look at your shortcomings and what you don't have. Don't look at your neighbor and realize what they have and go, I wish I had what they had because what they have is better than what I have. No, no, no. Focus on what you have, not what you don't have. What did this man do? He heard that Jesus of Nazareth was coming, and what did he begin to do? He began to shout. He had a voice. He didn't have a sight, but he had his voice, and he began to scream out as loud as he could to Jesus, the son of David, have mercy on me and save me. You may not have the most, you may not have the best finances. You may not have the best relationships in your life. You may not have the best conditions, and you may not have everything you think it takes to make it better, but focus on what you have. You have faith, and you have Christ, and you can do it because Jesus is walking with you through it. You can do it because Christ is walking with you through it. Focus on what you have, not on what you don't have. Don't wait for perfect conditions. Number three, don't be swayed by public opinion. Now, 
This one is, I think, the most powerful that I, as I studied this this past week. This is a powerful one. Here's what it says. It says, as he began to scream out, many rebuked him and told him, be quiet. But what did he do? He shouted what? All the more. Got louder. I'm not going to be quiet. You're not going to tell me to be quiet now. I'm going to say it because I have faith that something powerful is going to happen if I can just get his attention. Don't be swayed by public opinion. Some of you here today, you need a miracle. Some of you today, you need a healing. Some of you today need something powerful from God. Don't be swayed by people looking at you and saying, probably not going to happen. See, there's three types of people you need to overcome. Write this down in your notes if you don't have them, or put notes out to the side. Three types of people you need to overcome in this world. First off is number one, faith suckers. Turn your neighbor and say sucker. I mean, say, say faith suckers. Faith suckers. That'd be rude if you said suckers. Suckers, faith suckers. Faith suckers are these people that that you have a word from God, or you feel like God's telling you to do something, you feel like God's having you take a step of faith, and they're there to make you feel pretty stupid about it, make you feel silly about it. Now, they kind of talk down to you about whatever it is you feel like God's calling you or challenging you to do. They kind of suck the faith right out of you. You know who these people are. You probably have some of these in your family. Well-meaning, good-intentional people, people that really love you and care about you, but they seem to just drain the faith right out of you. You have a, a sickness that you've been struggling with, and instead of believing, them believing with you, they say, you know, doesn't look good. The doctor report says it's probably not possible, so just enjoy what you have. Right? Faith suckers. Your marriage is bad, and they look at you and go, well, he's a jerk. Oh, she ain't worth it. Just give up on it. Walk away. There's no sense in trying. Kids, they're bad apples. That's a bad apple there. He's always been bad. He's always going to be bad. Just give up on him. Walk away. Addictions. Well, you know, she's always been addicted. He's always been addicted. Addicted to whatever the drug is or whatever the alcohol is. Just They're always addicted. This is what they're always going to be. Might as well give up. Don't believe that they can change because they probably won't. Faith suckers. Anybody know any faith suckers in your life? They're leeches. you got to get rid of them. Try to turn them off. You know what I'm talking about. Number two, second kind of people that you must overcome are faith intimidators. Say faith intimidators. Say better than that. Faith intimidators. There you go. Uh, Bartimaeus sees this opportunity in front of him. He sees this he hear, he don't see, that's the wrong word to say. He didn't see anything. He heard an opportunity in front of him. He heard that there was this opportunity, Jesus was coming his way, and he began to scream out. And what did the people do? Shut up. Quiet down. You have no authority here, you have no right. Be quiet and calm down. And what did he do? Screamed all the more louder. Got louder and more obnoxious and more more persistent that Jesus would hear him. And this happens every day. You know, we live in this cancel culture. Bunch of doo-doo. Not going to get political, but I'm going to step out here just a little bit. Just go with me and hear me just for a minute. 
Christians are being told more and more, stop wearing your crosses, stop telling us what's right and wrong, stop living the way you, the way you think we should live, and yet, all along, they get to do whatever they want to do in other religions and say whatever they want to say. They can say how much they hate Christians, but we can't say, and not that we've ever said hate, but we disagree with other religions. Islam, Buddha, all that, we disagree with it. Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. I'm not going to compromise from that. I'm not going to back down. Jesus said it. I believe it, and I'm on Jesus' side. Okay? So, faith intimidators say, hide your cross, side your sweaters, hide your shirts. Faith intimidators, I, I love seeing all you guys wear your uh, cross your shirts on. Now, we wear those at work now. Wear those in public. It's real easy to wear it to church. <laughs> Be bold about your faith, because we're living in a time, guys, if we don't start standing up, we're going to lose every freedom we've ever fought for. As Christians and as Americans, we're going to lose our freedoms if we don't fight for it. I'm going to tell you right now, there are, I will stand, okay, here I go, I will stand with our law officers every single day of the week. attention. 
He's this close. I've got to have his attention. Listen, when you take steps of faith, people are always going to laugh at you. They're going to look at you and say, you are a fool for believing that. You're, you're crazy if you think that your drugged out child who's hooked on whatever they're hooked on would ever come back to Christ. They'll look at you and say, you're crazy. You know why? Because they mock the very faith you have. Let me tell you something. When Noah was told to build the ark <laughs> and water had not fallen from the sky and they're looking at him build this big boat, that boat. They're going, what is wrong with you, Moses? You're so silly. But guess who was laughing 40 days later? Yeah. Right? He didn't really, but I, I would have been. <laughs> Moses is a better man. Or Noah's a better man than I am, so. Didn't you? Did I say Moses? Yeah. I meant Noah. You know who I meant. Some of you were going with me on that story, though. Moses in the ark. That's right. Preach it. Moses. Oh, Moses, good guy. You know what I meant. Noah. Now, when Joseph stands up before his brothers, he says, hey, you guys are going to bow down to me. And they mocked him. They sold him to slavery. They thought they had quieted the faith inside of him. And yet, one day they walk into the palace and they bow down before the second in all command, not knowing it was their brother Joseph. Because faith may make us look silly to the people, but faith does something deep inside of us that gets us to our future. When Moses, the right guy, was told, I want you to go and free all the Egypts, all, all of my children in Egypt, whatever he said, I want you to go and free my people. And he said, oh, that's a big cry. And he walks into Pharaoh, he says, hey, Pharaoh, um, I want you to let all these slaves go and come with me. And Pharaoh mocked him and laughed at him and said, Ain't no way I'm letting them go. They're my bread and butter. How about I let my, my workforce go to be with you? And he mocked them. And yet, guess what? Pharaoh let them go. Because faith, faith may make us look silly. But faith is about what we haven't seen in the future that's coming our way to pass. Abraham, in his old age, was told... I will give you a son, and you will have descendants as numerous as the sands of sea, by uh, sands of uh, the, the grains of sand by the sea. Or look up in the stars. See all the stars? I'll make you as numerous as all the stars out there. And yet he was old in his age and was unable to bear a child. And others laughed and mocked and scoffed. And yet that is exactly what happened. Faith suckers, faith intimidators, and faith mockers. You have to overcome those three people in your life in order to see the miracle of Jesus take place. Number three, number four, number four. Not only do we uh, not wait for perfect conditions, we concentrate on what we have. We, we don't, we're not swayed by public opinion. Uh, but number four, Jesus hears the cries of desperate people. Verse 49 says, Jesus stopped and he said, call this guy in. Come on, bring him in. I hear something. Somebody's really obnoxiously screaming at me. 
Who is it? I hear something happening here. Can you just imagine? The Lord of all creation. With the large crowds around him calling out his name. Probably singing. There's probably dancing. It's a party scene when Jesus came through town, people. I mean, it was like everybody came out. This is the man. He was the rock star of his day, baby. I mean, he moved and he was like, boom, here I am. That's right, I'm Jesus. And they're like, yeah, they're singing, they're partying like that. And he hears, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And something in the cry of that voice, something above the noise of everything around them, Jesus heard the simplicity of that cry. And he responds by saying, hey, where's, what's going on? There's someone here. Where is he? Bring him to me. And some of you today, no matter how bad the pain is, no matter how hard the circumstances that you're facing, don't stop crying out to Jesus. No matter how far your kids are, no matter how far your family may have fallen from Christ. No matter this morning how painful you may be going through, the pain you're going through, don't stop crying out to Jesus because he hears your cries. He knows your struggles. He understands your sad times. He understands that your, your insecure thoughts. He understands them. He understands the tears you cried late at night when no one else is around. He understands the pain that you're facing. He understands your depression. He understands the overwhelming, uh, uh, consuming thoughts of your life. He understands. Don't stop crying out to him. Don't stop believing for him for a miracle. Don't stop believing that he can do what only he can do. And these people say, hey, he's calling you. Get up. Get up. He's calling you. And the man, what does he do? It says he jumps up. He throws his cloak off. And I can just see him running to Jesus. And he runs to Jesus. And he runs up to him. And he got rid of all the things that hindered him. All the things that held him back. All the lies people told him all the years. All the, good, all the mockery that took place. All the things that held him back. He threw it off. And he ran to Christ. And he began to see that Christ was going to heal him. Some of you today, the things that you need to throw off is pride. The things you need to throw off is you need to throw off your uh, insecurities. You need to throw off your what people have said about you, what mom said about you, what dad said about you, or someone said about you in leadership in your life. You need to throw off that stuff. You need to run to Jesus. And when he runs up to him, I love how simple it was. Jesus is like, what do you want? I'm paraphrasing. What do you want? He said, I want to see you. And Jesus said, go. You're made all. Your faith has made you whole. So many times we just wait and wait and wait. And yet Jesus just wants us to tell him simply what we want. No formulas. No, I got to jump to this hoop. I got to jump to this hoop. Just come and tell Christ what you want. Which leads me to my final point. Here's my final point. Don't wait for perfect conditions. Concentrate on what you have. Don't be swayed by public opinion. Jesus hears the cries of desperate people. Number five, follow Jesus when times are good. I'm going to say that again. Say it with me. Follow Jesus when what? Times are good. This is very important. Here's what it says in Scripture. It says this man, he can finally see. Can you imagine? A blind man, now he can see. Now I don't know about you. I had me a list of stuff I wanted to check out. I want to go check out trees. 
I want to go check out grass. I want to go check out the water and how it moves. I want to see lots of, I couldn't see, but now I can see. But here's what it says about this man. It says, your faith has made your hope. Immediately he received sight. And what did he do? He didn't go anywhere else. What did he do? He what? Followed Jesus along the road. You know how many times people come to Jesus only when times are bad? They come to Jesus only whenever their life gets wrecked and ruined by some stupid decision they make. They, they make decisions and they like, oh, I better come to Jesus because I made a mistake. Oh, that's hot. <laughs> that scared me a little bit. <laughs> we come to Jesus whenever we're desperate. And that's good. But when Jesus moves on our behalf and when Jesus says something miraculous... I find that so many times I see people kind of drift away. When things get good, they kind of, oh, well, things are good, so check. Uh, Jesus took care of it, so whenever things get bad, I'll just go back and he'll help me take care of it again. My encouragement to you today is this. Follow Jesus when times turn good. God heals your marriage. Keep following Jesus. He saves your kids. Keep following Jesus. He does a miracle in your life. Don't just run off. This man could have run off and bragged about everything. I could see he could have went and saw the people he hadn't seen uh, for, for years and years and years. But yet, what did he do? He went with the one who did the miracle because that was his source of peace. That was his source of strength. That was what his comfort was at. So my encouragement to you today is this. Don't just follow Jesus when times are bad. That's what everybody does. My encouragement to you is follow Jesus when times turn good. When the bills are paid and you have a little money in the bank, follow Jesus in those times just as much as if you have no money in the bank and you're barely able to make it. Follow him. Serve him. When you get that job, that dream job you've always wanted, follow Jesus in the good times. When your body gets healed, follow Jesus in the good times. Follow him. Because I tell you here today, there's no greater joy you'll have in life than to walk with the one who gave his life for you. My relationship with God, my personal relationship with God, is not determined on what the economy does. My personal relationship with God and with Jesus is not determined on who my friends are or who I'm doing life with. My personal walk with God is not if life is grand and we're feeling good, oh, things are great. Nor is my personal relationship with God only in the desperate times when I'm hurting and I'm struggling, I've been, been talked about or hurt or stabbed in the back or I feel like I've been betrayed in some way. That also doesn't determine my walk with God. My walk with Jesus is staying with the one that I know he knows the way. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. Some of you here today, your walk with Jesus is conditional. Your walk with Christ is determined on what's happening externally rather than what he wants to do internally. This blind man, he had one desire. 
He's the one that he knew could change his life. And some of you today, Jesus is the one that can change your life. And he's here to meet you today if you open your hearts. Bow your heads with me today. Father, help us today. Help us to not look for perfect conditions because there are no such things, God. Help us to not concentrate on what we don't have but concentrate on what we have. Even it's very simple. Let us not be swayed by the public opinions of those around us, but let us have faith to believe you to do the impossible. God, finally, when we cry out in desperate times, and when you meet us at those desperate times, and you heal us, and you restore us, and you strengthen us, and you give us health, and you give us hope, and you give us healing, may we follow you all the more when times turn good. Lord, I pray, speak to our hearts today. Head bowed, eyes closed. Just as we do this, move this song here and conclude. When your head bowed, eyes closed, I want you to think about this, those points today. My challenge to you is this. Are you following him in the good times or are you going to be following him whenever you're desperate and when times get good, you kind of sway your own way? Do you follow him in the good times or you wait for perfect conditions? Are you crying out to him? Are you praying and trusting him to do the impossible for whatever it is, the circumstance you're going through? Maybe some of you today have a decision to make, a, a big decision that's coming up. Something in your work or something in your future, something in your kids or something in your personal life. You, you have something big that's coming up and you don't know where to turn. I'm here to challenge you and encourage you. Call out to Jesus. Call out to Jesus. Trust him, and he will direct your paths. And though others may mock, and others may try to intimidate, and others may try to take away your faith, you stand faithful today, knowing that Jesus, Jesus has heard you, and he has given you sight to see. May his favor be upon you, and a thousand generations. And your family, and your children, and their children, and their children. May his favor be upon you, and a thousand generations. And your family, and your children, and their children, and their children. May his presence go before you, and behind you, and beside you. All around you and within you, he is with you, he is with you. In the morning, in the evening, in your coming and your going, in your weeping and rejoicing, he is for you, he is for you. Head bowed eyes closed real quick this morning, right there where you're at.
He's going to hear you and he's going to heal you where you're at. So that's, that's one of you today. That some of you today, you're in a difficult place and you just need to cry out to Christ. Second thing is, there's others of you here today that, that you came to Christ in difficult times and things have turned better and Christ is calling you to stay with them. Don't give up. Maybe you're beginning to see the light in the tunnel. Maybe finances are turning around. Or maybe maybe uh, relations are being restored. Maybe that job is taking its turn for the better and not for the worse. And you're kind of at that place. And I just want to encourage you, hold on. Keep with Christ. Walk with him. Show up and just walk with Christ and watch what he can do. If you're here today and you're in difficult times, if you're here today and you're just at that place where you're just there and you want to just keep walking with him, can I pray with you, Father God, for those experiencing difficulties, for those that are going through struggles today. May you encourage them. May they hear the words of blind man Bartimaeus where he says, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. May you have mercy on them. May you see where they're at. And God, you know the cries of their heart. May they continue to cry out to you. And may they ask you, God, to strengthen them and be their source through this time. And God, for those others, that, that God, you begin to do work inside them. You're doing good things inside them. May they have more faith from this day on to continue walking with you. Continue trusting you. Don't leave just because you, you met them at the point of their difficulty. But God, continue to walk with you because, Lord, the, ro the road seems long by ourselves. But the road with you, Jesus, though it may be long, we don't walk alone. And Lord, may we never walk alone. May we find strength upon strength upon strength in you. Let us have faith to walk with you. As we sing this song, God, that's what it's all about. And Lord, you bless us and you keep us. You bless each and every person in this place, God, to watch over us. That you guide and direct your steps. That God, you show us your favor. It's your healing power, your resurrection powers in our lives. So Lord, we thank you for that. Speak to our hearts next week's time in Jesus' name. You've been listening to a ministry of Crossview Church in Keokuk, Iowa with Pastor Kevin Hardcastle. For more information about service times and activities, visit our website, crossviewkeokuk.com. Lucky Land Slots, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.